You're listening to the Sports Scramble Podcast, where four friends serve up a weekly plate of sports with a side of SEC bias. Now, here are your hosts, Chet, Jacob, Wade, and Tyler. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of the Sports Scramble Podcast. Of course, if you've been listening to us from the beginning, it's our one-year anniversary, birthday, whatever you want to call it, one year of doing the scramble. We've got all our Sports Scramble merch on. As you can see, I've got the shirt. Wade's got the hat. Tyler's got the, the what do we call it, the OG OGT. OGT. I've got the Tiger T. Like, let's, get it. let's stand up here and kind of show the – I don't know if you can see the background. <laughs> I don't know if you can see that, but, you know. The uh, script was the move. I think switching it all to script made it look, uh, you know, the icing on the cake for the shirt. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I like like the script. Of course, you can find it over on our our link tree if you want to help support the podcast. Get you some some merch. Um, And we're going to be doing – I'm not going to announce it just yet. We're about to give away what the rules are. Wow, you're a tease. Yeah, I think I'll save it. Yeah, I'm teasing it. You got to listen to me. Probably next week's show is when we'll announce. Maybe the week after. I don't know. Got to see uh, when we can get some more more things made. We'll leave it at that. Uh, of course, we'll have a we'll have a special giveaway contest type of deal. Um, How about if you correctly pick the Saints pick at number twenty nine? We'll pick somebody from the Twitter follows to give a thing to. <laughs> there you go. If you DM us. With who you think the Saints will pick at number twenty nine, and you get it right, we'll just get the top we'll, five right. We'll, yeah, we'll. That's not, that's too easy. We want the Saints pick in the fourth round of next year's draft. <laughs> we'll send we'll send you a free shirt. Uh, that if you get that right, let us know, and we'll uh, we'll hit you up. But well, no, it's been one year. Uh, this would be the time if we had a big production budget to play all of last year's favorite memories and go check out the TikTok. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Check out the TikTok, the YouTube shorts, everything over there. Uh, and we appreciate everyone for listening for a year. It's been great. It's been fun talking in sports with y'all. We can only say Jacob's been on the show for six months. Cause I don't know when the last time he's been on a podcast. I think he's been on two in 2023. Uh, but I think he's out there coaching the, girls state championship golf team up in north mississippi so hopefully they are taking home the dubs and we'll hear back from them soon but how's everybody's weekend we're doing a tuesday night we had some huge news drop monday before we get into that anybody play golf this weekend recover from the 36 holes i've been practicing golf more the the backyard stuff i have these little plastic balls that i hit so i'm like been hitting balls like over my lake to you know work on the water shots and work a little bit on my chipping as well. So that's what I've been doing. Uh, my plan is uh, to hit the course uh, this weekend. and Hopefully the weather shapes up nicely. There we go. There we go. Over his lake. You heard that way? He's so, he's so rich. He's got a lake in his backyard. <laughs> he lives on little lake drive. Yeah. <laughs> so what, what, what about you, Wedge? You, you got back out there since the whack? Get no the, golf uh, for me. No marathons for me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we couldn't have any more of the marathons. That was too much. Or I guess that wasn't even a marathon. Shoot, a 10K. No 10K. Oh, sprint. Um, go ahead. No, no real athletics this weekend, uh, this past weekend for me. So uh, I guess you can call me lazy. <laughs> 
Speaking of marathons, I started watching or actually finished the actually finished it all yesterday. It's three episodes. The Boston Marathon uh bombing Netflix documentary yeah, together. Watch that as well. It's actually really good. Um, you know, of course I remember when it happened. I think we were probably like 15. It happened 10 years ago. Yeah. Uh well, yeah, I'm about to turn 25. So yeah, I was 15 years old when it, or 14 years old when it happened. Um it was if you haven't watched it, definitely a Netflix recommendation to all our listeners. Really good show, kind of gets into, you know, the what happened, how they ran the investigation, the manhunt. It was like 101 hours it took to find the two brothers that did it. It was it was intense. So um, I'm now watching. I've been on a little bit of like a true crime docu series kick on Netflix. I'm watching uh, what's it called. Um, like bling something yeah let me pull up my netflix account but it's basically about it's a real story about these two teenagers that wanted to be famous so bad um one of them actually like is she would manifest every day that she is going to work in the entertainment history his uh business in the industry and she would say it every morning with her mom we are going to be famous and work in the entertainment industry so we're going to be famous and have an amazing podcast and get millions of listeners every month. That's what we're going to start saying every day, guys. It's called Bling King, the Hollywood Heist. Uh, they made a movie about it a while ago. These kids oh, broke yes, into I Paris Hilton's house, did it multiple times. Like, she just leaves her door unlocked. They go in there and just steal stuff. And uh, they got rich. And I haven't, I've only watched like one and a half episodes, but it's, quite the viewing experience so another one from chet's recommend recommendation if anybody was wanting one uh but no it's draft week tyler you are draft guru what are you what are you expecting to see uh thursday night with the number one pick um i'm starting to see more consensus uh wade is right it's looking like it's going to be bryce young uh, the quarterback out of alabama it's looking like, you know, Carolina. I've heard some rumors, you know, Vegas is trying to tempt me of Will Levis. You know, his odds are plus yep, 400. I I'm not buying his that. I, but up. You know, a quarterback that's really starting to get some hype of being a first round draft pick, that's Hidden Hooker. Like, I feel like none of these scouts are really concerned about the injury. You know, his age, he's a 25 year old quarterback. He's older than some of these rookie quarterbacks and some of these quarterbacks that are already he's not in older than Stetson Bennett as well. So I could see a team like, like Minnesota taking a leap on Hinden hooker as early as, you know, pick number 23, you know, maybe Detroit snags him at 18, uh, depending on if Will Levis is already taken there. So I feel like there's going to be a lot of quarterbacks taken. There's probably going to be two or three tight ends, and there's going to be two running backs taken with B. John Robinson and Jameer Gibbs. Okay. I, I like it. Yeah, I sent you all the thing on Twitter about uh, Will Levis's odds to be the number one pick bumped <laughs> up to plus 400 all of a sudden. And somebody said he knew somebody from the Panthers who said we're definitely taking him. I mean, that guy probably just works for one of the sports book and, and they're trying to get a ton of money to create something new. It's just, it's going to be Bryce Young. Well, I think it's, it's brilliant for Vegas because they can sucker people oh, yeah. in and oh, yeah. nobody's betting on, on a minus a hundred. I think he's like minus 16,000 to be picked number one, Bryce Young. Like it's, it's literally like if you bet a hundred dollars, I think you win like a cent. Like you don't get anything. <laughs> uh, so I understand why they're putting this out into the media, but 
someone I could see, I you know, he goes number one to the Panthers. I have been sold these past couple days. I've been doing my research. Dan Orvlowski is, if that's how you say his name, Danny O has been just hyping up this dude. And for rightful reasons, is Anthony Richardson going to the Texans? Some people think they're going to probably, if Bryce Young's not there, they're going to go grab Will Anderson. But I don't think you, and if I'm the Texans, I'm not passing on Richardson or CJ Stroud at this point because you got long neck David Mills uh, or Davis Mills back there playing quarterback. Um, but it's, I think they got to take Richardson. He's too athletic. Um, there's, and him and Will Levis are both compared to Josh Allen, which take that as you will. Um, it's really, it doesn't matter until you actually get in the league and do what you do. But I don't know. I'm feeling good about Richardson going too. Wade, what do you think? Um, I think that's a, a risky move, but uh, might be one worth taking because, you know, it was uh, all doom and gloom when they thought of the number one spot and uh, Carolina presumably gets their uh, first take at the quarterbacks. And um, when they made that move, people thought it was for Anthony Richardson. So for him to potentially still be there at number two, there's a good chance he is the best quarterback out of this class long term. Uh, certainly brings the rushing upside. Uh, but I don't know. I, I I have the gut feeling that with a defensive-minded head coach that they just brought in, I think he wants to kind of build this team from the trenches. They brought in some offensive linemen. They could go get their choice defender, probably uh, Will Anderson instead of Jalen Carter. And, um, you know, if a guy like Hendon Hooker or Anthony Richardson is sitting there at number 10 when they pick – for the second time in the first round, absolutely, you got to jump on him. But um, if he's not, you know, there's a good chance this team's going to be picking in the top five again next year, and we'll have a chance at Caleb Williams or Drake May. That's that's true. Do you take the risk not taking a quarterback with your first pick? And you, like you said, they have the tenth pick. Uh, there's a very good chance Will Levis is sitting there, or possibly Hendon Hooker. Or do you pass on that and then really tank again and go after Caleb Williams? Um, Just really depends on who's there. I mean, if if Bryce Young is truly number one on your on your big board if, as a Texans GM, um, I think that the gap between the next best quarterback and the top defensive prospect is is pretty large. So I think you go defense and then uh, you just kind of keep working down your draft board if if your second favorite defensive guys there at 10, then I think you take them. But um, it might be one of those situations where they really value one of the other quarterbacks and they're not just making noise about it because they don't want to stir up any trade chatter. Tyler, do you think the Texans possibly trade to the first pick? I know nobody's really um, talking about it, but could it happen? It definitely could happen. I just think that Carolina's already set on their guy and they're not going to move. I think that it's going to be Bryce Young won. If you want to go ahead and go into our top five, like we're already talking about the Houston Texans, I think that they're just trying to create a smoke screen is all that they're trying to do. And all of a sudden, like, oh, we wanted to take defense. And it's either going to be Will Anderson or I could see a guy like Tyree Wilson, edge rusher out of Texas Tech. He's been flying up draft boards. But I think at number two, I think they go with, you know, the best quarterback in the draft, uh, you know, in some drafts aspects, you know. I know that Bryce Young, he's a proven winner, but I feel like C.J. Stroud is going to give you the higher ceiling in the end. I mean, Bryce Young is going to be consistent. 
but I think that Houston's going to want a high ceiling in this one. I think that pick number 12, they get real spicy. They pair him up with JSN. Why not go get Jackson Smith and Jigba? You know, it's his college teammate. Uh, we saw JSN when, whenever he was healthy. He was, you know, getting all these catches, 300 yards of the Rose Bowl game is the game that we always go to. So I think that's how the top two is going to shake out. You're going to see two, uh, two of the top quarterbacks go back to back. Double offense there for uh, for Houston. Yeah. That would be one way to do it yeah, for right. sure. I mean, you saw it work with Joe Burrow and Jamar and then uh, Jalen Hurts and uh, Devontae Smith as well and, and Waddle and Tua. So it's becoming a trend. So I'm going, I'll give you my top five here. Um, number one, I think Bryce Young goes to the Panthers. Uh, number two, I'm going Anthony Richardson to the Texans. Three, I think the Cardinals go after Will Anderson. I feel like after that point, they obviously don't need a quarterback. They have Kyler. Um, and I think they just, especially if they're losing Buda Baker, I think they go defense and might as well go with the best defensive player, in my opinion, in the draft. Um, this is where it gets a little dicey with the Colts. I can't decide if they're going after someone like Will Levis because you look at the past couple quarterbacks they have, and it it's kind of Will Levis. Like, Will Levis runs a little bit, but he's more of a pocket guy. C.J. Stroud, yeah, throw, but I feel like he's a little more mobile. And I don't know. I mean, the Colts, they have a new coach. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to toss it up. I'm going to go C.J. Stroud to the Colts at four. Uh, and then Seahawks at five. Who? I don't think they go after Will Levis. I think they're happy with Geno and then maybe take somebody later in the, in the draft. We'll go. Uh, we'll go. Jalen Carter at five to the Seahawks. So, Wade, what's your top five? All right. So I'll keep it pretty vanilla at number one. I think Bryce Young is the pick. You don't trade all that draft capital, and you know, as a first-year GM, to to strike out. So you go get the guy who's won a Heisman, the most proven candidate. Um, we've seen Alabama quarterbacks be pretty decent in the NFL. Should be ready to go. So I think he's a day one starter for Carolina. Um, at number two, I'm going to have the Texans go defense. I don't think it's just a smoke screen at this point. I think they're going to be a little heartbroken that their guy Bryce Young ultimately did get picked. So they're going to go with Will Anderson, his teammate. Uh, very good pick there for Houston. And then at the third pick, I actually think there'll be a trade here if y'all allow me to make a trade. Okay. Um, I think that Las Vegas is going to jump into the top three to snag Anthony Richardson away from potential suitors such as mm. the Colts. Okay. I, I, and, didn't, I like uh, that, yeah. But I think the Colts will be happy. I think they're going to go with Will Levis. I just think C.J. Stroud, because of that cognitive test, is going to be the guy who falls in the draft boards here. He won't fall so, too long, but I do think he is the fourth quarterback taken. I saw something about that cognitive test that said the results that were released were not accurate. I don't know how true that is. I don't know how true the actual results were. They're just trying to knock down these yeah. pro- prospects. It's like, just leave the man alone. Like, who cares about that? Like, the, the tape is there for him. Yeah, the dude can play football. Maybe he doesn't have the best social skills and thinking <laughs> skills. Whatever. If he can chuck the pigskin down the field and hit his wide receivers. But wins your games. Yeah, as long as he's just not an idiot off the field, that's what you should be worried about. But, I mean, I'm pretty sure that's like a HIPAA violation. Like, that's like a medical exam. <laughs> and they're just, like, releasing medical. the scores. I don't know. 
but that, I feel like something that should be be released to the public. But, but we see what, it happen every year. Somebody slips, and then a guy yep. that has no business jumps into the top five. So I'm going to make it interesting and give you two guys surging into the top five that probably will be worse quarterbacks than um, Mr. Stroud. But I think that's how it will shake out with uh, Levis at four. And then at number five, I think the Seahawks will go back to defense uh, with Tyrese Wilson at the edge. And um, Seattle and Houston, you know, are two teams that could look to take uh, C.J. Stroud with their next pick or trade back up to try to get him um, later in the first. Okay. Ty, what's your top five? Yeah, I mean, my top five has already changed. I mean, I put out a mock draft a couple of days ago. Even my top ten has changed uh, as well. Uh, but the consistency has been, you know, like Wade mentioned, it's a first-year GM. You got to go with the safe pick. I think the safe pick is Bryce Young out of the, those top two quarterbacks, even though I think that C.J. Stroud is going to have a successful career uh, in the NFL. But number two, the Houston Texans have ultimately – it's probably not going to be the quarterback they want, but it's going to be the quarterback that they get. It's going to be C.J. Stroud. Number three, I also have a trade happening, but I have the Colts just bumping up from number four to number three. They're going to get Anthony Richardson to uh, get their quarterback of the future. Uh, Gardner Minshew could go for a year, and then after that, uh, just hand the ball off uh, to Anthony Richardson. He's going to be your guy. Then we have number four, the Cardinals. They're going to go with the best defensive player in the draft, go with Will Anderson, the edge out of Alabama. And Seahawks, uh, I agree uh, with you, Chad. I think that Jalen Carter, I'm just so tired. Like, who cares about all the off-field stuff? The on-field Jalen Carter is the best defensive player in this draft. So you just got to go with the player on the field. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. Now, if he's, like, getting in fights and shooting well, yeah. people, okay. That's Maybe guy. that's what you temper your expectations a little bit. That's uh, true. And I guess before we move from our draft picks, because I want to get into this Aaron Rodgers trade, because I didn't the draft, too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Who do you have the Saints taking at 29? I'm not even going to give a pick because so much stuff can happen. I don't know enough about the draft class to even make a selection. I think there's going to be three areas uh, of the Saints uh, that this could go either way. They're going to go either defensive line. They're going to go either tied in, wide receiver. I think that it's either going to be a pass catcher. You know, either it's going to be Zay Flowers, the wide receiver out of Boston College. Maybe he's in that area. I think that JSN, uh, Quinn Johnson, and then also USC's receiver Jordan Addison will already be off the board. So they're probably not going to go with wide receiver here. Tight end, I could see, uh, depending on how the top three tight end shape out, Dalton Kincaid, Darnell Washington, and Michael Mayer. But in the end, you know, the Saints have to go defensive line. And if I had to really get, like, I want this guy on my team as Kalaja can't see the defensive tackle out of Pittsburgh. If you read about my mocks, you know, listen to my mocks. I've had this guy in literally every mock draft. Uh, you know, he really is built for the Saints. The Saints need defensive interior help. Uh, they lost uh, Shai Tuttle, David Animata, Contavious Street to the free agency, but they did also get Kalen Saunders and also Nathan Shepard as well. So, uh, you know, the Saints, uh, you know, last year struggled against the run. Usually this is a defensive line. That can really help as well. So if I had to pick, you know, and be my A plus pick, it would be Kalaja can't see the defensive tackle. Okay, we'll see if it happens. Wade, you got a you got a player in mind? Yeah, I think uh, they will go defensive line as well. Uh, the question is whether they want to get a new edge rusher with Marcus Davenport out of town and uh, Cam Jordan getting older yeah. by the year. 
but uh, they did lose like all four defensive tackles on the roster, as Tyler mentioned, um, including two of them going to division rivals. So that definitely stings. I think they'll look to address that in free agency as well. But um, I don't know. I think that if Brian Brees is sitting there at pick number 29, I think you got to take him for the value factor. Um, kind of an in-betweener, but I think if you beefed him up, he could play right there um, on the center as a defensive tackle. So uh, I think that would be a really solid pick. Uh, he was the number one recruit out of his high school class. So I think he did nothing wrong at Clemson to jeopardize that. He's kind of a guy I'm surprised to see in that territory. But if he's gone, uh, I like Tyler's pick. And then I also like uh, maybe a, an edge guy like Luke Van Ness from Iowa. I think he's you know, Iowa just turns out those defensive ends and stuff. So that would be a good pick. I have a sneaky pick as well. I think that if the Saints, you know the Saints, they're going to trade up. And there are no way in hell that they are going to stay up to pick number 29. So I think Yeah, no, I don't think they're going to go that far. But if okay. they do stay at 29 or maybe they get a little dicey, I would not be surprised if they try and trade up for Jameer Gibbs, the running back out of Alabama. You know, there's a, some question marks surrounding Alvin Kamara. He's probably going to be suspended at least six games. You know, they did yep. get Jamal yep. Williams. But outside of that, there's not really much. Mark Ingram is gone. He's in free agency. You know, David Johnson, he hasn't been much in, during his NFL career. You know, Benjamin, he's not going to provide you anything. Jameer Gibbs is an ex-Alvin Kamara pretty much. So you can have an Alvin Kamara clone, maybe even better, because Alvin Kamara coming off of an end season in 2022, pair him up with, with uh, Jamal Williams, and that's uh, your best one-two punch right there. I, I like that. I just hope the Saints draft a freaking quarterback at some point. It doesn't have to be round one. It doesn't have to be round two. It could be round seven for all I care. I don't that's not a good class. class. You're going to get Max another Ian then. I don't, I, but I think if you've got a guy like a Max Duggan, which Hinton Hooker's probably not going to be there late, but if you got like a Stetson Bennett or a Max Duggan late, just draft him and have him sit behind Derek Carr and learn. Could be um, a project. Because I think it's a good project. So, but other big news was the Aaron Rodgers trade to the Jets. Let me pull up the draft picks here. Uh, a lot of draft picks. I see why it took so long to get it done. The Jets get, obviously, Aaron Rodgers, uh, round one pick number 15 of this year, and a twenty uh, also this year a fifth-round pick from the Packers. And then the Packers get, no more Aaron Rodgers, pick number 13, a second-round pick, a sixth-round pick, a conditional 2024 second-round pick that becomes a first-round pick if Rodgers plays 65% of the snaps, which will probably happen. So, all in all, they get one, two, three, four, five, or no, four draft picks, six draft picks in total that uh, were involved in the trade. But it finally gets done. He gets off of his darkness retreat. He gets to go on Pat McAfee and wear a Jets hat, and he gets to be happy again. We reached out to some Packers fans. They're happy about it. We put a Twitter poll up. Said, does Aaron Rodgers lead the Jets to the Super Bowl in year one? The answer was allowed no. Um, some Jets fans did vote yes, and they let us know about it. But, I mean, it, the deal is done. He's finally out of Green Bay. Where do you see this him taking the Jets this year, Wade? Do, you, do they make it at least late run in the playoffs? 
Uh, I think the defense will carry this team, and I, I do think that um, offensively, yeah, they're better. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is better than Zach Wilson yeah. and, and Mike White, but I don't think this team is a contender in the AFC. I mean, it, the AFC is just super stacked, and it was already super stacked at quarterback. Aaron Rodgers was the best uh, quarterback in the NFC, and now he's probably like the 10th best in the AFC. So um, it's a tough road ahead, but I do admire them for for trying um, because they've really not been able to draft and develop a quarterback. So you go get a guy who's going to be a Hall of Famer, and at least it gives you a chance to compete with Miami and, and Buffalo. I mean, Buffalo did lose some, some key free agents. Uh, Miami has some question marks with, with Tua, so – if there ever was a chance to seize the division, it would be now, but I just don't see it playing out that way. I think that at best, this team's a wild card team. And, um, you know, I think they go 10 and seven or something. Okay. White's not sold on the jet, the discount double check. I mean, it's a good move yet. It's a good move, but I think it's a lot to, uh, Put all your I get you have to give up the first round pick, but the kind of, Hey, screw like you. we're going to move up two spots. Like that was, that was just Green Bay bullying New York. <laughs> yeah. I guess, you know, they got, I guess they did, they got a first round pick in return. Um, Tyler, what are your, your thoughts? Who won the trade, Green Bay or, or New York? I feel like, I don't know. I feel like both sides were pretty even. I feel like nobody had nobody to give up police. much. You know, I feel like maybe like, New York had to give up one of their prime Raleigh receivers like Corey Davis in the trade, but it was just a bunch of draft picks. You have the first round draft pick swap and the first round conditional pick is probably going to be in the twenties, especially if uh, the jets uh, make a run to the playoffs. And I think that they will, I don't think it's going to be like a number one seed type of deal. I think that Buffalo is still going to win the AFC East that they're by far the best team in that division. But like Wade mentioned, I think there's a lot of question marks around the quarterback position. I think that Miami has a better roster set up, especially on offense and defense. But quarterback is by far, I would take Eric Rodgers over whatever Miami runs Ooh, out there with, whether that's Tua or Mike White. The return of Mike White versus Aaron <laughs> Rodgers, I would love to see that. Uh, Can you see it? Mike White versus Rodgers? <laughs> <laughs> Week 17, playoff berth on the line. Oh, yeah. Uh, but Mike White like, gets it I think, done. I think like 10 and 7 is favorable. I don't think that they're going to get anything more than that. It's not going to be anything drastic of a of a return. So I think that in the end, though, the, the draft picks uh, won't really change. I think that Green Bay is either going to go edge rusher, go with the top tight ends, and then the Jets are going to go with the best available offensive tackle because they need some help, and especially with a 38-year-old quarterback now behind there. And a, and a young, uh, talented running back. Because don't forget, Brees Hall uh, was looking like a rookie of the year candidate. And he he tore his ACL, so he'll be coming back. And then your wide receiver weapons, you have Garrett Wilson, Al Lazard. He's going to be uh, his top targets. You know, they have the chemistry. And then you also have Elijah Moore and Corey Davis. So I think that the offense is going to be the most improved offense in the NFL that we see. It's just going to be can the defense uh, do the same. Yeah, so we can stop putting out the clickbait TikToks. Aaron Rodgers is yep. finally a jet. Uh, before we end our football talk, I got one more thing for you. First, who got that dog? So, who got that dog in him? 
brought to you by our friends over at Molly Bros Golf. We all want to look good on the golf course, but often it comes at the expense of feeling good. Molly Bros Golf has polos that look good, feel good, and feel good. I mess that up. I always mess it up every week. With lightweight stretchy material that hugs your body, you'll feel cool by looking just as cool. Their polos are guaranteed to make you look better, but it's up to you to golf better. That's true. On a hot summer day on the golf course, there's no polo that you'd rather wear than a Molly Bros Golf signature polo. Molly Bros Golf has a large catalog of polos designed for those who want a loud design and others for those who want just a subtle and sleek-looking sleek looking design. They also have fun t-shirts, hats, tumblers, and so much more to make your golfing experience golfing experience that much better. Use code BELLYUP at mollybros.com for 15% off. That is BELLYUP, B-E-L-L-Y-U-P, at mollybros.com, M-A-H-L-E-R-B-R-O-S.com for 15% off. And when you buy something, let them know we sent you. They love to see it. Uh, who got that dog in the picks? Mine's in the football world, but I'll say mine for last. Tyler, who you got? I'm going to go to the NBA playoffs. We're going to go with Jimmy Buckets. And he got Buckets uh, in – not really last night since this is going to be on Wednesday. So two nights ago on Monday night, Jimmy Buckets scored 56 as the Miami Heat took a commanding 3-1 to one series lead. So the number one overall seed of the Eastern Conference, the Bucks are in jeopardy of going home. There's a lot of surprises in the NBA you know, he's a very underrated player. So, Jimmy Butler with the 56 points, he's got that dog in him. Okay, wait, who you got? All right, I'm going to kick it to the diamond and go with Spencer Strider of the Atlanta Braves. Uh, quickly becoming the Braves' ace and costing Max Fried a huge extension because Atlanta's got their guy, uh, Mr. Mustache himself. Spencer Strider, he uh, nearly had a – Perfect game yesterday, and then Matt Olson, uh, you know, missed a ground ball, so that was annoying. And then he lost his no hitter on a bloop single, so tough uh, luck from the baseball gods there. But in that brilliant start, he set the franchise record for consecutive nine strikeout games in the first nine regular season starts of his. Oh, wait, no, not to start his career because he's done more than that. So he's had nine straight games with nine strikeouts. So hopefully Dang. he can make it 10. And then he also – He gets 10 strikeouts in his 10th game. Yeah, I guess he could keep working his way up the ladder. <laughs> <laughs> Go for 27 at one point. And then he's only two off of the major league record for nine strikeout games um, consecutive. And I think he – was the quickest ever to 200 career strikeouts. So pretty good for a late round pick out of, yes, I'll say it, Clemson Tigers. Um, but he's wearing the right color Love school. There you and, go. Um, pretty fun to watch him watch him deal and uh, for the Braves. How about, I think it was that Cubs pitcher who had a perfect game going, yep. and then he just, col- just smokes the catcher on a on – a, yeah. uh, pop-up was it a pop-up bunt? it was a swinging bunt yeah and he ends up running into the catcher to ruin the perfect game that's that's got to be the catcher's ball yeah the pitcher doesn't really come off the mound for that that's it's a slow rolling bunt catcher's got it yeah that sucked uh mine like i said is in the football world but it's in the usfl the michigan panthers running back reggie corbin Takes out the phone on the sideline in the third quarter. Says, Coach, he's calling the offense coordinator. Coach, look, 
They can't stop me, coach. Give me the ball. I'll win this game for us right now. I think at this point it was tied 10-10. He's like, I'll win this game for us right now. You give me the ball. He proceeds to score two touchdowns and win the game in the fourth quarter. So <laughs> called his word. shot, told the coach, hey, give me the ball. I think they, the next seven plays were all rushes, and he had like over 100 rushing yards in the fourth quarter, two touchdowns. So he got that dog in it for me. Uh, but appreciate Mylar Bros, of course, as always, for bringing us who got that dog in him. Um, while we're in football, we had some spring games happen. Of course, they had the Alabama A game that none of us watched. Uh, we were watching the LSU path to the boot game. Uh, the recruiting just – we had a lot of recruits on campus. Uh, Joe Burrow was there. Jamar Chase was there. Angel Reese was there. They were all hosting the 17-year-olds. Um, so, basking in the glory. Um not a whole lot to see. It's spring game. Doesn't really matter. It's just good to see some guys go out there. Uh, special teams is still a big question on my end. I watched our kickers miss field goals left and right all game. Uh, but we can't really say who's going to be quarterback one, but we can give our picks because that's what sports podcasts do. If we try to speculate, uh, what, four months, five months ahead of time. So, Wade, who's your pick for LSU's QB1? going into the 2023 season? Uh, to me, there's really no controversy or question about it. Uh, Jaden Daniels came back to be that guy. And so far, he's put in the work in the offseason. He put in um, some work with some private quarterback trainers. We saw the photos with him him and Bryce Young and CJ Stroud. Um, he's like 210 pounds now. Yeah, so I think guy. he really does put it, put it all together. And we'll have a pretty good year for LSU. I think by sticking around at LSU to this point for Nussmeyer, I mean, I, I think it kind of shows that he will be here this season. Uh, otherwise, I think he would have wanted to be in a competition he truly could have won in the spring, like we saw Walker Howard do. So I don't see this quarterback room changing um, unless Nussmeyer, you know, kind of gets approached outside of the portal and there's a little bit of tampering where it's like, Hey, you could come here and play We're right away. At you, Florida. Um, yeah. You Florida alone. Could be a team to watch, but if I'm Nussmeyer, I'm not waiting three years for my chance to go ruin it at a, a program like Florida. You know, that would be like signing up to get drafted by the jets. We just picked on them. Right. Exactly. They don't know how to develop quarterbacks. Um, yeah, that's like so. leaving Canes to go work at Popeyes. Okay. I mean, that's basically what you're looking at right there. And on who you ask, Popeyes is better. <laughs> I couldn't think of it. Uh, I guess you could say KFC. That's like leaving Canes like to go work at being KFC. Chick fil A and leaving for KFC. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Or go from Whataburger to McDonald's. Like, there's just no comparison. Tyler, mm -hmm. who's your QB1? Y'all know me. I've been a Jaden Daniels believer since his freshman year at Arizona State. It's going like to be JD. It's going to be JD5. Hey, Arnold. Yeah, it's going to be JD five. Now next year, it's going to be a different story. There's going to be open quarterback competition. Uh, probably not really. It's going to be Garrett Nussmeyer. Uh, after Jane Daniels is done, I think that Jane Daniels, not only can he be the best quarterback in the SEC, but he could be up there with Caleb Williams and Drake May by the end of this. I think that he's going to improve his oh. draft stock mightily and he's going to be a first round draft pick. You can might as well bookmark that. So that's about JD seven. Heisman finalist, 2023 yep. Heisman finalist, Jane Daniels. I could see it. Yeah. Heisman winner, Jaden Daniels. Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> Give him the trophy. Him seven. Nobody's, 
No quarterback has worn seven since I've been an LSU fan. I think that we don't want the seven ass. curse. The seven has no, been let awful. Him, let him keep five, JD five. <laughs> uh, I think his arm strength has improved drastically. Like Wade said, he put on some weight. So he already was bouncing off the hits. I think this will help as well. Um, I could see us running a little dual quarterback situations, maybe, you know, throwing Nussbire in for one or two different packages, a little different. They did it in the bowl game. Yeah, I think it's Jaden Daniels. Um, It's his job to lose at this point. He's got the experience under the offense. Um, He's got the team. If he goes out there and he balls out, like we all know he can, course Heisman finalist but if he goes out there and he's struggling game one against Florida State we're down 10 in the third quarter and he hadn't done anything give Garrett Nussmeyer a chance throw him in there see what he does maybe he gets sparked with the offensive deep shot play who knows um another big takeaway from this pregame I had we everybody was thinking Malik neighbors bonafide wide receiver number one I still think he is but we got two other dudes that can ball out too we got Kyron Lacey out there looking like Odell Beckham running down the sidelines and then we also got Brian Thomas. That's just like a – he's your dude. He's like six foot ten. Just throw it to him. He's going to catch it. So what are your thoughts on the wide receiver, LSU's wide receiver uh, room showing out? And, of course, Landon Ibietta is the fastest white guy to ever come out of Louisiana that yeah, I've Bill ever Belichick seen. already might be looking at his tape already. Yeah. You know, Wells Walker. I can already tell you, Charlie Jones, the wide receiver out of Purdue, he's uh, already going to the Patriots. That's like another – Wes Welker type of wide receiver right there. But, I, yeah, I was very impressed with the wide receivers. It's, the spring game started out hot. The first play from the line of scrimmage, Jaden Daniels drops back and then throws it. Uh, you know, well, I wouldn't say the eye, but this time it was the path, you know, in the boot. Yes, the boot. Uh, but the Louisiana. Kyron Lacey uh, in, channeled his inner OBJ with a one-handed snag. And there's a lot of missed tackles on that play. It's a spring game. It's going to happen. Uh, but what an impressive play by – by Kyron Lacey. We saw Brian Thomas hauling a touchdown uh, thrown by Garrett Nuss. And then Malik Neighbors is is going to be one of the best wide receivers uh, in the SEC. So, you know, losing Kayshawn Boutte, losing uh, Jeray Jenkins, there's not really going to be much of a drop-off this year. This is going to be one of the best wide receiver groups uh, in the SEC this year. I think you uh, losing Kayshawn this year is probably a good thing to <laughs> take some of the drama, the trains, choo-choo. You get that out of the locker room. <laughs> Ah, dude, if I'm him, I would have returned because he – I saw. I think he's like a fourth-round like draft pick. Fourth, yeah, fourth, fifth-round draft pick. His stock just absolutely He should have just transferred, honestly. Yeah, I don't think he got a, along with Brian Kelly um, towards the end of the season, and he was like, you know what, I'm going to go to the NFL. Well, I hope it works out for him. He's a great player, but uh, – He could be know. Alabama's number one wide receiver this year. Yeah, really. That is true. That is true. He should have transferred um, there, gotten the one-year – resurgence that's what i would have done yeah i tried to improve your draft stock because it can't get any worse at this point that's what the Uh, coaches do like former head coaches go there they go to like that get baptized by nick saban and then they're on their way to bigger and better jobs nick saban would have had that guy with a shaved head driving a a charger down the street and he'd have been (laughs) two thousand yard wide receiver this year um speaking of transfer portal colorado has like 18 players in the portal after the spring game I guess they took what Deion Sanders said back in December to heart. You know, I'm showing up with my Louie, and then someone added the time, but he's really talking about his all-star quarterback. Um, showing up with him, and all y'all can hit the portal. And I, They had their number one wide receiver, who had over 200 yards receiving, I think, in the spring game. He's in the portal. Their number one DB, he's in the portal. So you think 
uh, Dion's losing the locker room, or is it just a bunch of guys that were not going to play anyway? Eh, it was probably expected, honestly. He made that statement. He might have told these guys, hey, stick with me through the spring and get yourself some tape. And if you're part of the, the plan, I'll be candid with you and tell you you are. If you're not, you know, see ya. But I, I think what it means is Dion is going to probably bring in the most players out of the transfer portal before August. I would imagine he'll add close to 20 players. And um, some of the guys that are leaving, he brought with them from Jackson State or told them to transfer in. And, you know, they might not have just had what it took to play Power 5 football. So, yeah, uh, Jackson State's a lot different than Colorado. Oh, absolutely. I Location-wise, for sure. Yeah, and just, you know, you're going from a FCS conference to – FBS and um, that's a big jump. So I think it's going to be a rough first year for uh, for Dion, but I do think that Colorado actually might leave for the Big Twelve, and I think that will be good for um, his recruiting efforts. Because I don't know if Colorado is the best fit for the Pac-12. I don't think Colorado is a great fit for Dion, but I think the Big Twelve is a good fit for Dion. <laughs> yeah, so I think uh, that can be good. Yeah, I was shocked to see they lost that many people, but it's it's prime time, baby. He's gonna get his, his players he wants, and other ones can hit the road. Yeah, um, another transport, or you can give it, and it can take it away at any moment. Yeah. Well, exactly. he's gonna have to fill the spots. I mean, he's probably gonna bring in twenty to twenty five guys. I saw something on a Colorado message board that said they had a hundred scholarship players, and now they're down to eighty five within the limit. I was like, dude, I think you're smoking too much Colorado weed at this point. Um. Last thing on college football I want to talk on, I saw the rule went in. The clocks will run after the first downs. Uh, how do we feel about that? That's I don't like speeding it. Speeding up baseball. Uh, you speed, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of it. I don't like now. rules that change throughout the game. Like, if you want to run the clock after first downs, do it the entire game. You don't get a pass in the final minute of the quarter. Like, either do or don't. <laughs> That'd be yeah, like, hey, let's play two inning rule. baseball games, or let's play two outs an inning for baseball until you get to the seventh inning. Then you gotta get three. Like what? Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Tyler, what were you saying? Yeah, the most stupidest thing that I saw this week was SEC's trying to propose if you storm yes. the field, you're gonna get taken away a possible home game. So say if you're like playing Georgia, you're supposed they to. Said you were gonna have to forfeit Georgia. the game. Oh no! You get to go to Athens. You know, one of the toughest environments. You know, just because you're going the field and trying to have fun. Like it's the same thing with baseball dumps. They're trying to be big douchebags, and then now the you know the SEC administration is no trying to take away the fun. Greg Sankey, nobody likes you. <laughs> get out of there. I mean, yeah, I saw something that said that they were gonna t- make you if you storm the field, they were gonna count the game as a loss. I was like, what? There's no way they could ha- make that happen. Um, someone replied to it and said, just storm the field as the other team's fans and just <laughs> count it as a loss. Uh, yeah, no, doesn't make any sense. College football, you don't need to change. You're perfect the way you are. We don't mind if we have to watch a four-and-a-half-hour college football game. So Just cut out the commercials, and that's how you cut down the time. Boom. You don't need three-and-a-half-minute TV timeouts when you're watching on CBS. So. We, we have the solution right here on the Sports Scramble podcast. Uh, but if you like watch college football games and you don't want to have to watch it on CBS, we got the answer for you. Hey, everyone. It's Ryan from No Credentials Required to talk to you about one of our newest partners at Belly Up Sports. 
SeatGeek. Yeah, live sports is great on television, but the feeling of being at the arena is a priceless experience. That's why our friends at SeatGeek are there to help you find the best tickets at the best prices. Not only can you get tickets to sporting events, but you can also get tickets to concerts, comedy shows, musicals, and more. Search for your desired event now at SeatGeek.com, enter promo code BELLYUPSPORTS at checkout, and you save 20 bucks off your first purchase. SeatGeek. Life's an event. We have the tickets. Life's an event. We have the tickets. SeatGeek. Thank you to our friends over at SeatGeek for sponsoring our one-year anniversary episode. Um, like I said, if you want to go watch college football games, head on over SeatGeek. Get your tickets there. If you want to go watch college baseball games, if you want to watch LSU sweep Ole Miss, you should have got them last weekend. No, I should have bought um, them because, Yes. Uh, I mean – the home run in the bottom of the ninth left everyone, including Morgan Wallen, speechless. He couldn't even perform at his own concert. That's so, a good there. That's <laughs> <yeah>. another story. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, there's some unhappy rednecks. I can tell you that right now. I love Morgan Wallen. Uh, I would, you know, I, he refunded the tickets. Good on you, Oxford gets the best of everybody. But I saw someone on Twitter that said they wanted their whole weekend refunded. Uh, let me read to you um, what this lady spent. In Oxford, which I don't even know how this is possible. Uh, you might want to rethink your budget here. Um, hotel, $560. I can see that. You know, it's a weekend in Oxford. LSU's in town, Morgan Wallen. It's good. They're going to be expensive. Uh, two tanks of gas, $80. I wish two tanks of gas only cost me $80. Um, $1,600 in concert tickets. Uh, her outfit was $120, which is, I guess, understandable. Her husband's, this is where it gets a little crazy. Her husband's outfit was $220. <laughs> what? I'm guessing the cowboy boots. Uh, I've got boots, price. jeans, and a cowboy hat in my closet. Just throw on a shirt. Boom. I got a free Maybe outfit even right there. Did or something. And yeah. why is that Morgan Wallen's responsibility anyways? Exactly. Hold on. It gets better. Uh, they went to the Oxford Grill House, which I assume is a steakhouse in the fine city of Oxford, and spent $235. Then they went to Cracker Barrel. And spent forty, and then Los Pereros, I don't know, and spent thirty uh, forty-five, and then whatever the Rebel Rags is called, um, she said because we wouldn't have had this opportunity to go had it not been for this concert. Six hundred and thirty dollars. I don't know what that is, but I don't know how you're spending anything six hundred and thirty dollars at something called the Rebel Rags, uh, and then of course she spent two hundred and twenty dollars. Like a bar. Who knows? She spent two hundred twenty dollars in drinks at the concert. Listen, lady, you got the your tickets. Didn't even funded. happen. Yeah, I don't. Well, I guess they had. They did have the opening acts. Um, you got your tickets refunded drinks? to the show. That's twenty-two that, lights. Yeah, that's a lot. Um, I'm not spending two hundred twenty dollars on beer at a concert. That's for damn sure. Nope. Tickets refunded. Great. Yeah, it sucks. You got a hotel room and you drove there. Whatever. Those are the chances you take when you go to a concert in Oxford, Mississippi, with Morgan Wallen, who is known to go, go out the and first have a good time, time because it was back. Yeah, back go night. Saturday night. <laughs> I mean, you know it wasn't going to be as fresh on Sunday. And why are you going to a concert on Sunday? That's the Lord's Day. You should be the Sabbath, sleeping, <laughs> ready for work the next day. So you should be listening oh to us. NASCAR News says Rebel Rags is the bookstore. They spent uh, six hundred. That makes more sense. My gosh. You... Well, they do call the library a bar. So maybe a bookstore is also a bar, but if they spend six hundred and sixty dollars or how much at a bookstore, that's on you. Because we didn't have the freaking buy like books too while they were there. 
I guess they bought Morgan Wallen in the book. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> but yeah, Morgan Wallen, unfortunately, I saw rumors he got so obliterately drunk. He was still drunk the next night at nine o'clock, which I guess fits, uh, fits Oxford's MO. It'll take the best out of everybody. Took the best out of uh, Wade. So, well, that's a story for another show. Uh, <laughs> Oxford's a fun place. <laughs> exactly. So, but LSU goes in there, does what they need to do. Three wins. He gets the sweep on a very poor playing Ole Miss team. They made it a little dicey there in the third game. But uh, Tyler puts us in the driver's seat. Arkansas got swept. Tennessee came out of nowhere and swept Vandy. South Carolina swept Florida. Not having that third game against South Carolina, I feel like it's going to be – might be a pain in our butt later on. But if we keep doing it, I mean, we'll be the number one seed going forward. We're in a battle in Nickel State right now. I mean, we were down like four to nothing which we don't have any of our starters. It's now three to two at the time of this recording. But how do you see the Tigers? You know, what do you think of this weekend? Yeah, I think the story of the weekend uh, was the starting pitchers after Paul schemes. You you saw Ty Floyd eat up innings, probably his best outing of the day. I know that sure. he gave up that three-run home run, uh, but LSU's offense uh, the whole entire weekend uh, was really firing on all cylinders. I think that that was, you know – if LSU's going to make a road to Omaha and hoist national championship trophy, they not only had to have a true number two starter, but a number three starter as well. So you saw Christian Little on Sunday this time, since we're now back on the normal Friday through finally. Sunday. Finally. Uh, but uh, Christian Little, he did good against uh, Kentucky. If you remember that Kentucky game, uh, he was perfect. And then he walked the bases loaded, and that's how he got into trouble. And then this weekend, uh, you know, it's all it's easy. It's easy. Just throw strikes and you're going to do good. And that's exactly what Ty Floyd and Christian Little did. If they can find the strike zone, they're going to be good. So I think that, you know, Paul Steens, he he was a, a little bit shaken up but as well. He gave up that home run after saying that quote that old, those almost Ole Miss I knew it was going to happen. Up every game about there's not going to be many beer showers. Well, there's not going to be many wins either over there. Because he swept he, hey, he's. What he said was true. There wasn't many. Yeah. There was one when there he was, pitched. Yeah, there was what, like three or four. Uh, but yeah, got to give credit. Got to give credit to Hayden Kravinsky coming off of the bench. You know, coming cold like that, and I called it. I like Chet and I were on the call, and I was like, Hayden Kravinsky is going to come. There's no way that Alex Malazzo is. They're going to put in a guy that can change the game with one swing in the bat. Well, darn well he did that, and they, you know, they got their first sweep of the series, and now they face off against Alabama. Alabama is a team that can also, you know, give you a lot of offense. Uh, they did have some injuries with their starting pitchers. So I'm going to go ahead and say that this is going to be another sweep. I predicted this a couple of weeks ago. I think this is going to be a string of sweeps. Uh, and, you know, you're going back home. I know that they're in a battle against Nichols. We'll see if they win that uh, tonight. Uh, but I think that with the starting pitchers, they're starting to get it on all cylinders. You're starting to figure out your bullpen. You did have some tough news today. You lost Chase Shores. He's probably going to be shelled for at least until the 2025 season, uh, the way yeah, it's sounding. Yeah, I just so. Uh, but I, I think that this team, you know, if they win every series from here on out, then there's no way that they don't be a top eight seed. Yeah, there's optimism uh, that Garrett Edwards comes back. Chase uh, Johnson said probably not next week, probably not two weeks, but towards the end of the season, we might see him get a few innings of work which would be good for the postseason, um, especially in the SEC tournament, which if you're the number one team going to the SEC tournament, I don't think you have anything to worry about. Um, you saw Tommy White kind of go out. He didn't play Sunday. 
it was just I think it was just a fatigue thing. Um, not, Jay Johnson didn't sound too too concerned about that. Uh, we got Nate Ackenhausen back uh, this weekend, which was good. He did let up a home run, but he pitched solid uh, for the most part. And of course, uh, Javon Coleman coming back is going to just be good bullpen depth. Uh, Trey Morgan's not in the starting lineup tonight against Nichols. I'm thinking they're just giving him some rest. I think you know it's been a long season. You have you're kind of bit with the injury bug right now. Just just give him a little bit of rest. Let him let him sit out tonight. It's not like he's really needed versus Nickel State. No offense, Tyler. I know you went there for SEC you. series uh, of the series that matter. Exactly. Wade, you see the Tigers bring out the brooms against the uh, Crimson Tide this weekend? Yeah, I think back to back sweeps is um, in line for the Tigers. I do think that in a couple of weeks uh, when they have to face off against uh, Georgia and this has been State. red hot Bulldog teams lately. are looking a little bit better. So better get the wins in now. Um, I think they should win series against everybody from here on out, but um, definitely want to go ahead and take care of the games that you know you should. Uh, Tyler, we have a tie ball game three to mm. three now. A live update, even though when it comes out, the show comes out. Tomorrow. Yeah, it will be yeah, over. Cool. <laughs> but there you go. LSU finally tied 3-3. Let's get some runs going and get back on track. I do want uh, to focus on the other SEC teams. I think that this is going to be the start of Tennessee's run. I think that they beat a real red-hot Tennessee team. Uh, not a Tennessee team. They didn't beat themselves. They were uh, a Tennessee they beat, team. They, they beat uh, Vanderbilt. Uh, but – that Friday night game was insane. You know, was Vanderbilt was controlling that, and then Tennessee hits that walk-off bomb. And I think that's going to be the play that changes their season. They have the pitching yeah. depth to go far. They have three of the top starters. Uh, they moved Chase Burns uh, into the bullpen. I think that's going to be a right move. Uh, Drew Beam is their Sunday guy. Uh, Chase Dolander, he's going to be one of the top pitchers in the MLB draft. And Georgia is another team as well that's heating up. And I think that's South Carolina – Along with LSU, those are, are by far the top two teams uh, in the SEC. Would have been nice to have that game three, but I'm sure both of those teams uh, will meet in Hoover. Well, Georgia or South Carolina still has to play Tennessee, and they still have to play mm-hmm. Georgia. Have they played Vanderbilt yet? Yes, they lost uh, two of three to Vanderbilt. Okay, so uh, I know LSU controls the West right now, and uh, by the end of it, they very well could be controlling – um, the entire SEC, but yeah, I'd like around this time is when Ole Miss last year started making some moves. Yep. So Georgia, they've swept I think the past two uh, series, or at least won the past two series they played in. It might be a battle in Athens in what two weeks? Do we end the season with Georgia? Or we end of the state. That's the final regular season. Yeah. So hopefully our guys can end on a on a strong note, um, and then you can get ready for SEC play. Um, other baseball news and Major League Baseball. Fernando Tatis returns to the Padres. Uh, what's he been doing, Tyler? Has he been putting up stat lines? Has he, has he played a game yet? Uh, I think uh, that his first game back, he went over five with a couple of strikeouts uh, against the D-backs. Uh, but I think in the second or third game, he had a home run. So it's going to take a couple of games to get under yeah, his belt. I mean, it's not the El Paso Chihuahuas anymore <laughs> that he's on the team with. He's on in the big leagues now with uh, one of the best lineups. So it's going to take a couple of times, but I think that the Padres are going to start getting on a run here. They play in okay. Mexico this weekend against ah. the Diamondbacks. Well, well, we'll see if he can get he to go back close five. to the border again. And then we had El the Paso Oakland to Mexico. <laughs> yeah, 
Uh, Oakland Athletics announced they will be moving to, to Las Vegas. There may be a complete rebrand of the team. Uh, Oakland's done. Las Vegas is a new spot for the sports teams. You got uh, the hockey team, the football team. Uh, the Warriors are moving there, right? No, uh, the Warriors, the Warriors are in San Fran. Yeah, but some, there's a basketball team moving there. Well, uh, they have a WNBA team, team, the Aces. Yeah, but maybe it's an expansion team. Maybe it's something. They just, they're the sports town that's happening. You know, the sports betting, everything. Um, so, Oakland, it'll be weird not to see them in the athletics. It'll be weird not to see them in Oakland. I'm sure they'll rebrand. It'll probably be like a black and gray type of deal to match the the, the Raiders, but we'll see. Oh, um, that's going to be a sad day because – if the athletics did one thing right, it was the uniforms and the colors, yeah. and everything else was horrible. It was like the best uniform yeah, the and the worst horrible. setting. Huh? So that's what I'm what glad about. It? They get rid of that god awful stadium. It, it yeah. looks so bad on camera, looks bad on the show, and it looks bad in real life. It's <laughs> got to be one of the worst MLB stadiums ever created. I'm sure it looks the worst in real. Not life. even made for an MLB stadium. It was the Raiders stadium. They just used it like that. I hope they don't. That- they use the stadium the together when they go to Las Vegas for a while. On yeah, they could. In Allegiant Stadium, they play there. So I hope that they get just a brand new ballpark, looks modern, looks fresh, and, you know, don't even change anything. Maybe change the athletics, but don't change the colors. Those are the best colors in baseball. We'll see. We'll see. What They move in 2025, right? Or is it next year? Um, I think it would be 2025 uh, or 2026. They actually play – triple a baseball in las vegas so they could actually ah. maybe play there for a year um or two and the stadium has the ability to expand with temporary bleachers so that's an option for the time being and then that follows a model that we've seen atlanta and houston and some of these other teams do recently is is to have your um triple a team you know, 30 or 40 minutes away because they're constantly shuttling these guys yeah, you know, back and forth. Triple. That, yeah, that's yeah. A good just put it in the middle of the desert. Well, someone who knows a lot about shuttling back and forth across the country in AAA baseball, we've got our good friend NASCAR Neil live on the show tonight to bring us all the NASCAR news. Hello, guys. Um, How are you guys doing tonight? Hey, I'm Neil. Good. How's it going? He's been waiting in the green room listening to us talk about LSU. Neil, I got one question for you. Um, All right. Would you chug a beer out of a shoe? Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, that's what was happening in Australia during the live golf event. So we'll get to that later on. But okay. uh, what's happening in NASCAR, Neil? NASCAR, uh, we, are, Neil? we are coming off of one of the greatest parties in the South every year, Talladega weekend. Spring Talladega. It's a one giant party on the boulevard, which is this giant former uh, Air Force runway that predates the track. It's called the Boulevard, and it's a nonstop party from Friday through Saturday night. You know, there's concerts, there's parades. It's like a mini Mardi Gras in the middle of middle of nowhere, Alabama. You know, great weekend, uh, Xfinity race Saturday, which I talk about from time to time. Not a big focus. I watch it occasionally. You know, um, ended up being a really good race. They were three wide most of the day. A very exciting finish. With a massive wreck going, going, uh, coming through turn four, going to the trioval, uh, caused by Daniel Hemrick in the 11 car, which resulted in uh, Jeb Burton 
who's a, who's a son of a famed racing duo from the late late 90s or 2000s, some award burden, you know, great, great win. The guys from a small team whose owner suffered, actually had a, had a bad fire of his truck during the fall truck race there and burned half his neck and face. So it was a big deal for that team and what they went through last fall to actually have a winner here. Great race, good drivers, kind of from a small team, easy to see, fun win. But Sunday was a big shift from that in terms of racing quality, in my personal opinion there, but still a good weekend. <laughs> so you, you didn't find yourself down there in Talladega, chucking beers out of shoes? and, it and is, It's on my list. It's on my list. Probably the next two years, I'm going to make my way down there for the weekend, camp, camp out down there, have some nights on the boulevard. A good friend of mine that I talk racing with and go to race two a year with, was down there, sent me videos all weekend long. But 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 on, on to the cup race, it was a wild kind of fun race. It opened up with the living members of the famed Alabama gang giving the starting command, which Allison which the which which the two living Allison brothers and then Red Farmer, who are all three NASCAR Hall of Famers, they gave the starting command, the famed gray uh, brown big wig uh, big rig drove to the front stretch with the American flag off the back. Iconic sight to see. Great, great way to start it. And it started off kind of wild. You know, this this current car and package at Talladega is kind of boring, in my opinion. They run side-by-side, side, a lot of two-wide, not much passing, not much tandem running. But on lap two, Mike McDowell spins off, coming out of four, out of nowhere, had a bad tire kind of thing, spun off. And it, then most of stage one came kind of calm until the green flag stopped happened. The Toyotas make the first round of green flag stops, which at Talladega, Daytona, you have to pit with your manufacturer teammates because you are not fast by yourself. You are fast as a group because of the drafting and their and, and aerodynamics, you know, airflow kind of thing. And as right. Toyota's came down, Tyler Reddick spun. He was he was trying to come off the high line. He did not position himself right in the bottom line to come off there. Spun, kind of crazy. Oh wow, they stayed green. Then two laps later, uh, Chase Briscoe comes in a four with the Fords pitting about a couple laps later. He spins. Really badly gets stuck on pit road and they bring out a yellow. It was kind of crazy, kind of wild. The dude, when he got hit, spun his his uh his front right went down and could not get. They going. just let the race keep going. They, oh, they no, no. Uh, whenever he spun out, they actually threw the yellow. Okay. But, but it was one of the funny enough though. He managed to get come back to fourth place in the, the day. Oh wow! Somehow managed That's to get back there. It was impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like dog. Yeah, he, he got did, that though. dog in him. That's oh, Neil's a, pick for who got that dog. Hey, it is though because I mean, and he's he's from Stuart Haas Racing, which which uh, they haven't had the best of luck in fast cars the last couple of years. But he's been running consistent last couple of weeks. Broke his middle finger and has had ever since that happened. He's finished top five every race. What is he? He drives like this now with like uh, his, 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 his left his left hand race. is in a cast. <laughs> oh, uh, so he's. So, just- Flipping uh, everybody the bird no, as he's steering. It's, it's a weird cast. Where he, it's it's molded where he can hold the steering wheel, shift with his with his oh, right hand. Did. It makes it work. But but still, like it's uh, where he ran. It broke during uh, dirt Bristol Easter weekend. Ran last weekend. Didn't have any issues. Then he had surgery on it uh, on Tuesday. They got it fixed. And but he's been running pretty good since then. It's kind of impressive, you know. Uh, yeah, race was one hand. I mean, I mean, you hold the steering wheel, it's a motor where it grips the steering wheel, kind of, you know, and then he can shift with the other hand. I mean, it's, right. I mean, it's giant. No excuses for people out there that drive bad. This guy's driving a car 230 miles an hour with, <laughs> with one, one hand. hand. Okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, I mean, granted, Talladega, 
Jerry and Talladega, there, there's no shifting that you put it in in, in fourth gear and never let off of it. You know, it's but it's still it's still impressive. You know, and he, I mean, he even qualified good, like which is impressive because qualifying for these tracks, they'll hold their hold their hand right up to the window just to block the, a little bit of air sneaking in the window, and you can see him in the camera just holding his hand up there trying to block the air with, with his cast, which I thought was funny, you know. Yeah, but, <laughs> he might have had an advantage with the surface area, you know. Uh, I mean, I mean, it was on his hand, though. Like, he's on the wheel most time because it's it is chess where you're inches away from somebody driving 190, a little bit of a slip up causes a giant wreck. So, but I mean, and I was really not expecting much coming to this race because this package of this car, it's not bad, but it isn't great. But, but the third line managed to start move towards the, towards the, towards the middle of each stage. The third line started form, which Talladega it's wide. It's known for two or three wide racing four times, you know, cars trying to, the third line started happening sometimes, you know, and it was, and and I was in, when that line started to form. I was like, okay, we might be onto something. The third line may get some moves and cause some change up. Decided running side by side, you know. But of course, Talladega would not, and plate racing would not be it without a late wreck causing a caution. Uh, there was a late wreck with ten to go, which caused them to restart in with overtime. Where NASCAR likes to end every race with two, with at least two laps, green flag laps. On the first green flag lap, uh, you had rookie Noah Gragson up front on the outside with Ross Chastain, who I've spoken about before, very aggressive. It's caused a lot of wrecks. Going into two and three, uh, one and two, he decides to, from the outside lane, try to sneak into the middle. And whether or not he had enough room, it's hard to say. The in-car footage looks like he may have had some room, and Gragson went down on, caused a wreck. Which, Drama. of course, uh, if you know, they, they, you have to have at least – you have to complete at least the first lap overtime for it to be final. They go through, re-rack it, and this overtime restart starts up pretty solid. You know, it's going good. And with the overtime thing, cars that are managing their fuel mileage the entire race, trying to make sure enough fuel, a lot of drivers pit worrying about two to three to four overtime restarts. You know, some, some guys who are leading up front, they pit, they go, they're running run out of fuel. Going to the second overtime, the car in – uh, second row on the inside peels off on the front stretch because he ran out of gas going going to, going wow. to checker. Which at Talladega, wow. it's Talladega, world. <laughs> Talladega is, is a very unique track where the start finish line is not in the middle of the trial. It is it is going to turn one, which which allows you to race more off of three and four and get takes longer. Where it's not just oh you get off three and four and you're starting to make moves. You have to get through the entire trial to get to the finish line. It's very unique the way it is. Creates mm-hmm. a lot of fun. He peels off. They run. Bobby loved it. Oh, and then so first lap, nothing crazy happens. Bubba Wallace is leading the outside line with with Ryan Blaney behind him. Get get through, you know, take the white flag, back stretch. Blaney pushes on on uh, Wallace, makes some blocks, kind of thing. It's the bait, you know, that he makes one too many blocks, and Blaney just takes him, spins him, and Kyle Busch manages to go low, get around them all, and manages to to. As they throw the yellow flag to end it, after the white flag's been taken, because after the white flag's taken, you know it's next flag ends it, and Cal Bush manages to secure his first plate win since 2008. The old oh, Rowdy wow. Bush, yeah, he's never won at at Daytona or Talladega since 2008. Which Rowdy Bush, this is a big time second win of the year after changing teams, as I've said earlier in the year to, to RCR. It's a big deal, and. And some other stuff, podcasts I listen to, they mentioned 
how this time last year with his contract with his contract negotiations last year was very much like, oh, it's kind of when the opinion shifted in the garage that the odds of him, uh, the chances of him going back to to, to Jogi's racing last year was kind of slumming down. They go, oh, the, the, there may be a chance he may not be going there. Then now to come back a year later and he's winning at RCR, and, and now he has two wins. There are only three drivers that have two wins this year. It's him, Kyle Larson, and Wayne Byron. Only guys have to have who actually have more, uh, who have more than one win. He I now has twice. He now, he now has twice the wins as his old team too, which is also impressive. Yeah, all it takes is to switch things up a little bit um, to get back in that winning mojo. You told me mm-hmm. that Michael Jordan was at the track uh, this weekend. Was he out he was. there driving a car? or Was he just out there acting? Uh, he's he, he's an owner for twenty three eleven, which is which which has drivers Bubba Wallace and Tyler mm-hmm. Reddick. Which well, I almost which won kind the of, thing until he got spun out there at the end. He was he was leading good, and and his and the other owner Denny Hamlin has a podcast. I listened to him yesterday, and he said he's he's convinced they're cursed anytime MJ's at the track. MJ be the track, and one of the three will be doing good, and something happens at the end. I'm like, but I mean, well, his Charlotte Hornets are definitely cursed whenever he's at the court, so it makes oh. sense. But I mean, it's it, it was still kind of cool, and they're kind of then there was a clip the TV cut to where he's explaining to the guy behind him what's going on, and it kind of shows you that he actually knows what's going on in NASCAR. Like he grew up watching it, understands the sports, even though he's not in there day to day. He lets he lets his co-owner Denny Hamlin run a lot of day-to-day, his business people right. help him from the business side. But it was still cool where at one point, you know, they cut to him and, and he sees him, you know, doing the whole side-by-side, trying to show the draft to the guy sitting behind him. Like, okay, that's kind of cool that this guy isn't just an owner. Yeah. And then, Probably and knows more than some of the owners. Yeah. Like he's no, I wouldn't do that. A lot now. of our owners are very old-time people that know what they're doing. But speaking of other owners, uh, Pitbull, who's, a, who's an owner of the sport, announced his next album Pitbull? is – yeah, Pitbull, Pitbull is an owner in NASCAR. He is. He owns I bet his house. car number is three hundred five. Uh, it's, it's one in ninety nine. Oh, cars he owns. One in ninety nine. He, okay. he, he announced his next album will be named the same as the team he co owns, which is Trackhouse. Okay. And he also, I did he also, not know Pitbull was. A, uh, who else is owners in the in the NASCAR? You don't uh, got any. We need uh, Floyd Mayweather owns a part time team. Okay, uh, I yeah, guess that makes sense. You got so much money, you don't know what to do. I mean, a part time. I mean, I mean, they run a few races a year, but yeah. But people, he actually filmed. He actually filmed a music video from the race from the racetrack this weekend. Wasn't he like the opening weekend one year? It was, like I think Wiz uh, yeah, did it this year, and Pitbull was last yeah, year. Yeah, that was the uh, uh, Coliseum race. Yes, yes, he did the. Yes, yeah, yeah, he formed the Coliseum this year, but he's. I mean, he he bought in with uh, with. Uh, with Trackhouse Racing and Justin Marks, uh, the year before last, their their drivers are Daniel Suarez and Ross Chastain. Which Suarez being being uh being born and raised in Mexico, kind of fits with that kind of thing. And they were their flagship driver for a while. But yeah, it's kind of cool in that aspect, you know. But definitely, yeah, I'm uh, uh, Troy Aikman was an owner at one time. Yeah, probably uh, back Brett in the day. was also an owner at one time. Yeah, I mean, every owners. Uh, technically. Uh, the Fenway Motor Group, they own the, – they co-own a team. So all the people who co-own the Fenway Group technically own part of a team because because they own they co-own RFK as well. But, yeah, but I'm excited. You know, we're about to enter, which to me is probably one of the best stretches of the midseason here. You know, we're, we're, that our next our next five races are Dover, which is the Monster Mile, which is a great track up in the northeast 
the high banked one mile track. Uh, fun to watch. Then go to Kansas, another great mile and a half racetrack. Then and then uh, May fourteenth, we go to Darlington, which is the uh, track that is known as Too Tough to Tame. It's a weird teardrop shaped track that's fun. Then we roll into the All Star Weekend, which I am as a person who under who loves the heritage of the sport. They're going to North Wilkesboro, which is the track that did not that was that was a two years ago was covered in trees and it was uh, was a complete wreck until NASCAR Jesus Dale Earnhardt Jr. brought the track back last year, got it going. They run the All Star race there. It's going to be fun because it's a super rough track when they're not they're not getting a lot of tires. And then we roll into the 600 on on World Day weekend, which is which to me is one of the biggest events in the sport. Next year, yep. I plan I plan to go next year. Charlotte Coke, uh, Coke 600, you know, longest race longest race they run. You know, you know, you know, to to end the month of May should be a great weekend. Great next month of racing. Well, we will definitely have you back on once all of that wraps up and kind of recap the series. Um, yeah. It's, and then, it's always fun having you on, especially with our one-year anniversary show. You're a loyal listener. Oh, yeah. Come on and give us your NASCAR takes. So, and I will say, though, I'll tell you listeners, I'm going to the race on June 25th this year. I'm going to that going to that race this, this year it, uh, up in what is known as Nashville Winter Speedway, but as a Nashvilleian and grew up going to races there, I do not call that track Nashville. It's the Lebanon race. It's the track that's in Lebanon because the real track in Nashville is the fairgrounds. It's just uh-huh. something as a – but I'm going to that race. It's on my birthday. I'm going back with my dad. Me and him are going to have a good blast. Blast going to that race. I'm excited for it. In the, if you, you see know. if you see NASCAR Neil at the Nashville Motor Speedway, or as he calls it, what you say? The NASCAR is autograph. Make some pictures. Yeah, yeah. Get, make sure you snag a picture with him. Stop him when you when you. If you I'll see be wearing this crowd. probably. Let's be honest. This is the Truex Junior shirt and the, and the green. What is that? Mountain uh, Sundrop. 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 Drop it like it's hot. Snoop Dogg needs to own that team. Um, <laughs> What else you got for us, NASCAR? Neil, anything else to wrap up the show? We're over. Well, I think we covered all the sports. We got NASCAR. Oh, yeah. You the end it out. Hey, yeah. I, I, all I can say is I'm excited for the next bit of racing. It's mile and halves. It's old. It's a traditional style. You know, throwback weekend at Darlington in a couple of weeks. We just see some old school paint schemes come back. Should, should, be, should be a fun day with the racing. Yeah, well, we're looking forward to it. Uh, we appreciate you coming on and give us Always. You know, updating us on this season. Um, to to kind of round out the show here like i mentioned the the chugging a shoe out of a beer call it a shoey down under chugging uh, a shoe out of a beer yeah you know what i mean chugging a beer <laughs> out of a shoe. i mean i've been chugging beers out of shoes um live golf was down in australia had it had their big event they had a uh the watering hole to try to rival tpc uh scottsdale and the waste management open had a hole in one Beers were thrown everywhere. It was like a uh, an insane. It looked pretty cool. I watched like half a day of coverage. Phoenix uh, Open vibes. Yeah, it's hard to get into watching. You got a guy with a twenty foot putt to win the match, and all you hear is <laughs> just like blaring a in the background. Foot putts to win? Well, I'm just saying as an example. Oh. Uh, oh, okay. You got a guy with a huge putt, and they play music the whole time they're on the course. So <laughs> that's uh, definitely Night something club to get used to. Yeah, yeah pretty hey. much it is. It's like. That that's golf for the average day for, for the average person who loves golf. Right, and that's what that's what their ta- their target audience is. The They're top golf to get to tour, people. exactly. Hey. So, uh, uh, but and other Tony Romo won the PGA Championship Celebrity Tournament. 
So that's all I got. Tiger Woods had surgery. He probably won't play the rest of the year. Plantar fasciitis. Get, or no, he had surgery on his ankle to get that. I told you he wouldn't make it through the Masters, but I don't know if that was necessarily his fault. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see if he returns. I don't see him coming back this year, so I won't be losing any money on him. Um, that's all I got. Any other sports news? Jeff's going to be betting on his recovery timetable from the surgery. <laughs> Over under six months oh. before we see him on the course. Oh, Chip, real degenerate gambler. Something got proposed this week for NASCAR. Oh, no, that's Tyler. Tyler's a degenerate gambler. No, 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 no. no, no. That's, that's you, bud. You come to this state oh, and you Chip. turn into an No, you the last couple weeks. I don't gamble. Since, ever I since Wade's Wade, you've been the degenerate gambler that I know. I don't win but, any. But uh, he got proposed this this week by one of the drivers, Denny Hamlin, proposed a thing. In the summertime, the summertime with no sports going on, he proposed a five-week bracket challenge where the top 32 drivers go – Go on, go on a head-to-head matchup each week, and the winner takes some uh, a giant, giant uh, prize money. You know, we're head-to-head every week. You know, just with the right tracks in there. The you track. know, what? Just two cars on the no, track. No, each no, week? no, but oh. but in the race, but 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 we're a race all 30, within the race. Field, but, I but see. You, I see. but you and another person, whoever finishes higher, gets you know moves on to the right. next round, kind of regular thing for the gambler. It'd be kind of fun because our summertime. Ratings, couple of ratings, you know, get, get people want to bet on like, oh, because you could have a road course, and you could have a, a top guy matched up to a road course ringer, you know, because upsets going on, you know, and the winner takes some, uh, like he he said, you know, a prize of three million dollars, you know, right? Because you know, just something to bring more competition. He said the drivers would be all for it, you know, bring a little fun, let the gambling yeah, get into spice, it. Ricky spice Bobby style, season. you get the opponent's wife if you win. <laughs> I mean, and there's even and like it, even even me, you know that you know who you know that I dabble in the NASCAR betting a little bit. Every week there are, there's also a lot of head to heads. Even in the fantasy, there's every week there, there's head to head matchups in the fantasy system, you know. But to have it right, with drivers that compete for it, opportunities. Uh, I'm with you on that, but yeah, yeah. Uh, came out this week, and old school fans are against it. I think it's kind of fun get more people involved, you know, who who want to gamble on it. So. Yeah, I see you there. Well, like we, like I said, we don't call it gambling on this show when you win, so we call it winning. Uh, but I think that kind of that kind of wraps up our one year anniversary show. We appreciate everyone that's followed us for the year. It's been a fun ride. Like we said, we got some merch. The got some merchandise right there. Got the hats out. Um, you can find them on our link tree if you want to purchase one. Uh, I think that's it. You know, if you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. TikTok. We've been doing the TikToks. I'm doing golfing TikToks. Whole of the day. I'm having fun. I'm shanking shots. I'm posting everything. So that's, that's something new I've started up. We're trying to get Jacob in on it if he ever answers my text. So Jacob, if you listen, text me back. Um, that's all I got. I appreciate you three fine gentlemen joining me this weekend. And as well, Thursday, the, draft coverage. Yes, Thursday night, belly up YouTube. Live, Tyler and Wade will be breaking down round one picks 25 20, to 29. 20, 25 to 31. To 31. Like that. I don't yeah. know. All yeah. I know the last five picks of the draft, Wade and Tyler will be live breaking that Ooh. down, uh, reacting to it with our friends over at Belly Up Sports, our wonderful network. So if you're finding yourself wanting to watch something besides the talking heads of ESPN, Go on over to Belly Up YouTube talking and be promoting like it. Exactly. <laughs> Listen to these talking heads. So, of course, uh, we hope everyone has a wonderful week, and we will see you next time.